Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas de Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leave, Ring, Leave It In Your Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. Whoa, man. I got to um, wake up over here, man. I was rushing on the way home, trying to get on the air. Uh, got a lot of stuff here to talk about. Um, I, I'm sorry. I just went totally blank right now, man. It just tells you how much of the, on the run in my head I'm going right now here on Leave It Ring. Anyways, I want to welcome my two co-hosts, Kenny and Emil Carr. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Yes, sir. We're here live on Monday. Good to be with you, Davis. What's up? What's up? You already what's know. Up? Man, it's, uh, it's one of those Mondays. It's one of those Mondays, man, you know, where I'm just like, shit, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? You know, am I going to pull a Richard Comey and walk into a big straight right hand from, uh, <laughs> from Timo Lopez? Oh, my God. You know, I I want to start off with that fight here. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines in about another 15, 20 minutes, but let me start off here. Delfimo Lopez, okay, I, I, I think like everybody else, we were very high on him, but we weren't really yet sure if he was the goods, you know. Uh, and I think Richard Comey, to me, was going to be the, the test of, of the test to find out whether or not he's going to be a major threat to like Devin Haley or to uh, Vasily Lomachenko. And I thought if, if he was going to get a stoppage over Richard Comey, who was a proven tested warrior, I thought that it would go, you know, maybe down the stretch to eight or nine round guys. I didn't think that in two rounds that Lopez was going to feel that comfortable into seeing and timing Richard Comey, because the one thing that, that, I believe that Richard Comey did wrong was he threw, he threw his right hand without purpose. Whereas Lopez threw it with the purpose, meaning that he threw the right hand to try to take him out where Comey was trying to throw a right hand to land something just to land it. And hopefully they get, hopefully get lucky where Lopez to me was trying to, you know, take, take the initiative of, 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 of cementing his legacy into showing the whole world, the whole boxing world, that he's the real deal. He catches uh, Richard Comey. Comey's on Zab Judah Street, and rightfully so, the ref jumps in and stops the fight. I say complete praise and kudos to Tofilo Lopez, whether you like his character, how he plays outside or in the ring. The performance, to me, overrides all of that. Yeah. Um, I got to admit, I was always I mean I knew that Teofimo Lopez was a very talented guy I just did not expect this type of performance out of him Uh, his last win was obviously a little bit underwhelming going into this fight I felt that he was probably the favorite but I did believe that Comey would test him I thought that he'd take him places and ask questions of him that he honestly never got to 
to, to got the opportunity to do because he got hit by that right hand. He couldn't recover from it. And I don't really think you can disagree with the stoppage of the referee. Comey, um, obviously a more experienced fighter. Ghanaians are known especially for being tough. You can think of Ike Corte. You could think about Azuma Nelson, even guys like right. uh, uh, King Kong Ekbeko. I, I've never seen a fighter out of Ghana that wasn't a tough customer. But Comey really, uh, the way he got, got beat was very surprising to me. Uh, very surprising. And all credit to Teofimo. He did what he had to do. I was just very surprised by the performance. And I've got to eat a little crow as well. Um, Same here. Yeah, man. I have I have lots and lots and lots of opinion regard opinions regarding this, you know. Uh before the before the fight, like I told you guys on Twitter, uh I saw a lot of tape from both fighters. I saw a lot of tape from Comey, I saw a lot of tape from Lopez. And uh when I was watching all the tape on Comey, he sh- with with the way that he fights, he shows me that he has a lot of power and he has a lot of offense, but he also shows me showed me that uh, he's a little sloppy, and when he throws his punches, he leaves himself vulnerable, and he's willing to take a punch in order to land a punch. That's what I gathered from his from from his, the tapes that I watched on him. But uh, you know, seeing the way that 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 uh, uh, Lopez fights and the way that he even won his last fight versus Nakatani, uh, Lopez, uh, uh, Nakatani has the same reach as uh, Comey does, but Nakatani's much taller and has a much stronger chin than Comey does. I saw a lot of tape on Nakatani as well. Nakatani, and Nakatani had a game did. plan. Yep, there's no way that Nakatani was going to get knocked out in that fight. Nakatani went in there with a game plan, box tall, box lengthy, hit him with a lot of jabs, try to knock him out late in the fight. It didn't work. Uh, 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 Teofimo still won that fight, but I could tell. I, I just had a feeling seeing both fight styles and seeing how how uh, uh, Teofimo uh, uh, has a strong right and a strong left, and how Comey, to my opinion, does not have as strong of a jaw as Nakatani. Or uh, it just—I just saw Comey knocking. Excuse me, I just saw Lopez knocking Comey out. But I didn't see it happening so early on. I had—I had like round three or four for me. I didn't see it happening so early. But like I said. Uh, Comey leaves himself open in order to land some shots, and he he just went in there trying to let all the shots go, and I didn't see that going well for him uh, uh, because uh, when I saw him fight against Robert Easter, uh, he, he went into some exchanges where he left himself open, and Robert Easter put him down with a right hand, and I don't think Robert Easter is anywhere near as powerful as Teofimo Lopez. I don't think he respected Lopez's power, and um, yeah, I mean, if you don't I mean, respect somebody's power... Yeah, you don't respect the guy's power, you get hit. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Um, you know, we can we can compare people's chins, but at the you know, when you look through the records of, of the guys that Teofimo Lopez has fought, by far uh you know, Comey has the best record. So it's tough to compare chins when one person's record is against very low level competition and the other person's record is against championship caliber opponents. No, I, I, I completely agree. You know, um, I think Kenny just gave the, the best analysis of what happened on Saturday night on ESPN3. I thought it was going to be on ESPN+. Plus. I was kind of 
annoyed by that. I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of annoyed by that, that I had to go and uh, get on my TV provider to watch it rather than watching it on my phone uh, because I was out of town on Saturday night. I was uh, in my hometown, you know, uh, taking care of some business. So I had a rush to find a television to watch it. But anyways, you know, I think, I think of anything, what is said about Lopez to, to be said about Lopez is that he does watch tape. He does watch him and his father do understand that there is more to the science of fighting than just talking a good game. To me, it proved that they're not going to just rely on raw talent. To me, the, it, it proves that, they're not just going to try to wing their way into a fight, you know, by, by trash talking and, and saying all the right things that are going to be picked up for media clips. To me, they're putting in the work. By the way, they stopped Richard Colby because it could have went a lot longer uh, if, if Timo uh, Tefimo Lopez didn't watch anything or speak what the champion at the time, Comey, was doing, but he did. He saw that he dropped his hand. He saw that he would throw unnecessary punches and leave himself wide open. And he also saw that, that Comey came to be aggressive, thinking that he's the right guy. I mean, that he's the champion, so more likely he's going to get over-dominant over Lopez. And Lopez was like, no, my man, it's not going to be your night. I'm going to take that title. And that's exactly what he did. Now the talks is for, I believe, April 220 uh, for... Vasily Lomachenko and Tufino Lopez to step in and face each other to see whether or not if Tufino can take out the older warrior or if really the way Lomachenko has been kind of downplaying uh, Lopez by saying, who is this guy? You know, what, what, is he, what has he done? Uh, he's definitely going to find out what he's done in April if the fight does follow through, guys. What do you think? Well, one last thing I'd like to say, David, is that Nakatani laid out a beautiful blueprint that Comey could have followed. You know, box tall, show a lot of movement, be athletic, don't overcommit, you know, box with a tight defense. And going into the fight, that's what I was expecting Richard Comey to do. I wasn't expecting Richard Comey to go in there and prove his machismo to Teofimo Lopez. We know you. I didn't wasn't either. (laughs) <laughs> you know, go in and go in and box, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel as strongly today on Monday as I did Saturday morning that this would have been a very tough fight for Lopez, but it would have required that Comey box, not brawl. You, you've got height. You've got reach. You're athletic. Use it. You know, Nakatani did a good job, but by no means is Nakatani considered an elite fighter. Right? You're, you're a well, guy who's on world class level. You're a world champion. Box. Right? Right. Well, I also, there's a thing too. And I think Kenny saw this. I, I, I want to give Kenny all the applause for it that he saw something that we obviously didn't see. Because I thought, here's what I thought when Nakatani, when he fought him, I saw Lopez not adjust to him, not was having a very difficult time figuring him out. So I figured you're going to have two guys, Comey. And Lopez go in there and swing for fences with really no solid game plan. Lopez showed me though, a little card that he has a game plan that he's able to observe and digest what the what the information in front of him, and then 
use it accordingly in the ring. Right. Not all and I have, to give, I have to give his dad credit as well. Someone who right. I honestly had put in the same category prior to this as, a, as an Angel Garcia type. Big mouth, says a lot of ignorant shit, um, you know, doesn't comport himself very well. He still does that. Uh, he still does it. <laughs> the, he does. The difference is that the difference is that Garcia is a little bit more humble than Teofimo Lopez is, and Garcia to me has done way more in his career than than, than Lopez has. But Lopez did his thing on 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 Saturday. I feel that Andre Rozier, you know, you got to ask what game plan did he have going into this fight? How was he training Comey going into this fight? What was the plan? Right? I know the plan. Yep. I'll tell you the plan right now. I could tell from the media workout. You could uh if you saw if you saw Comey's media workout, all he was doing was uh like throwing a whole bunch of he was shadow boxing and he was throwing a whole bunch of rapid like right left straight punches. No hooks, no nothing, no try not trying to box. You could tell he was he was gonna go in there and try to brawl and give Teofimo uh, much more than he could handle, quote unquote, much more than he has handled, and unfortunately, that didn't work for him because, like I said, his chin is not as strong as other fighters, and he went in there wild, leaving himself vulnerable. And Teofimo Lopez was super composed. Can't right, argue right. with that. Can't argue with yeah. that. No. You so, know? in terms of where did, in terms of where does he go here? From here, um, you know, the, the fight that they've been talking about is obviously the Vasil Lomachenko fight. I don't see Vasil Lomachenko necessarily getting caught the way uh, I agree. The way Comey did. Um, I don't necessarily see Devin Haney getting caught the way Comey did. I don't necessarily see Javante Davis or, uh, you know, Luke Campbell. Um, maybe Ryan Garcia. He's in the same weight class. Maybe he might get caught like this, but Ryan Garcia has even shown uh, an improved uh, defense since he's switched trainers and kind of has become part of the Canelo so, Alvarez, Alvarez I, what camp. I'm, what I'm hearing right now, Milcar, is that you're still not a believer. Am I right? I am not on the team takeover train. No, I am not, David. Um, Who's team takeover? Well, that's what he calls himself, the takeover. Ooh. I mean, it's kind of a weird <laughs> nickname, but he's going with it, so I'll, I'll use it, I guess. Uh, do I see him taking over the lightweight division? No, because nothing I saw on sat- Saturday makes me believe that he's going to beat D- G- Gervonta Davis or uh, Vasil Lomachenko or Devin Haley, Haney, sorry, or even, to be honest, uh, a heavier Fortuna or Luke Campbell. I'm just being honest. I I don't see what happened to to Richard Comey happening to Javier Fortuna anytime soon. Teofimo definitely has some time and development to go. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to act like he's a champ. I'm not going to act like I'm a big fan of his. You know, the guy the guy's a talented, skilled fighter. He has power. He so. could he can move. He's young. He's skilled. You know, well he beat Lomachenko. I can't really say that Lomachenko has some very advanced footwork and lateral movement. And he landed his punches from all angles. I can't say that he's going to beat Lomachenko. Uh, but even if he does lose against Lomachenko, the kid still has a bright future. It may be too early for him to be boxing Lomachenko, and that's always something he could use that ex- as an excuse. Although I don't think he should. I don't even think he should be fighting Lomachenko, but whatever. I don't, you know what I was going to say that. 
I was gonna about to say that. I was like, what is what is really honestly the rush? You know, shit talking machismo, David. It, it's crazy because you know what I've seen so far. I've I I've, I've been witnessing a lot of guys coming out coming out of the Olympics. The kid that fought uh, Michael uh, Colin. Uh, wanted immediately that rematch with him when he had beat him in the Olympics, right? The Russian kid. And uh, they were talking, the commentators were saying like how a lot of these guys come out of the Olympics and they won immediately after two, three fights, they won a championship fight because they saw Vasily Lomachenko do this. Well, the only thing I could sit back and say yeah. is like, listen, it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't happen like that for everybody. And even Lomachenko lost to uh, to uh, 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 to Syria uh, um to Siri, right? And 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 I'm I'm thinking why why is there such a rush for to move these guys so fast? I mean, there's plenty of fights still for to to, to Teofimo Lopez to still learn off of, still to to grow with, you know. Um, I mean, if I was Lomachenko, yeah, I would want that fight immediately. I'd be telling Bob, hey, we need to get, you know, we need to put this on a hurry up because I don't want this kid to get any better, and I'm getting older. But the rush of it is just, it to me, it's like you're kind of. You, you're kind of following the path, the path of Fernando Vargas. It's you are too much of a hurry. You, you absolutely are. And the other, the other factor is here is that the narrative has always been, oh, Lomachenko's small. He's really a featherweight fighting at 135. I was surprised to see when they were standing in the ring side by side after the fight that Lomachenko oh, yeah. was actually taller. He was actually significantly taller than Teofimo Lopez. So given the fact that he's got great footwork, that he's taller, that he's, you know, not going to be making the same mistake that Kobe made, I see this as a very rough outing for, for Teofimo Lopez. And one thing, I'll, I'll give Lomachenko all his credit on this. I've seen him box live three times now. And one of the fights I saw him box live at the Garden was against... Uh, uh, Shoot, um, man, I can't. His name is escaping me right now. I'll remember it in a second. But uh, the Venezuelan uh, lightweight champion who who knocked him down at the at the Garden, and he had to make adjustments in that fight, and he came back and and he and he won. Linares, Linares, Linares. Thank you so much. Yes, Linares. My yeah. brain was drawing a blank there. Oh, good. Yeah, you, I was, you I was, said knockdown. You you remind me which one it was right no, away. No, no, absolutely. Right, right. He, he, Linares was boxing them well. Linares knocked him down. He made adjustments. He came back. He he uh, he won. So I don't see Lopez posing a, that much of a problem for him. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Just uh, for everybody's wondering, uh, we we're trying to get the YouTube stream up. Uh, we're just having some difficulties right now. So uh, right now we're just on Block Talk because I've already got a couple of messages asking where the YouTube stream is. Is that so? Apologize for that, but anyways. Um, so again, I I'd like to see Tofino Lopez uh, still go down a stretch of, of, up you know of up, up in his skill levels of preparing himself for the bigger fight. But I do understand the rush, and the rush is that maybe Bob Arum is thinking, hey, I got to get uh, Lomachenko a bigger fight. He's getting older. This right now is a more recognizable name, even though you got Javante Davis out there, you got Devin Haley, but these guys are on the other side of the street. 
something that has been drummed into our ears uh, the past weekend. Going on to Terrence Crawford against the Mean Machine, guys. Um, I got to tell you what. Um, I didn't think much of the fight. I don't think anybody really thought much on the of the fight because on paper it looked like it was going to be a Crawford night. But watching the buildup, watching the pre-interviews uh, of Terrence Crawford leading into this fight, I heard a lot of frustration. I heard of the you know the media. I don't do this for the fans. I don't care what the fans think. I don't think I don't care what the media thinks. This guy, you know, they're calling this guy a bum. I don't remember us ever calling Mean Machine a bum or anything like that. But what I did remember saying was this guy obviously was not ready to step in there. What we saw on Saturday night, Crawford went in there. In my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, but in my opinion, almost what Richard Comey did, had no respect for the Mean Machine. He may say, I wanted wanted to entertain the fans, etc., but... At one moment, you said you didn't care what the fans think, and now all of a sudden you go in there. I think, if anything, you thought he was a bum, and that's why you went in there, and you got caught dead in the water, and we're getting some major hits from the mean machine. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's really what the real story was. He went in there thinking, I'm going to wash this guy pretty quick. I'm going to put him out there to dry, and guess what? It didn't happen like that. The machine put a good fight and obviously upped his stock by almost shaking, and he shook, and he dropped. Crawford on the second round, which they didn't even call it a knockdown, but Crawford was able to put himself back up. And the one thing that I also have noticed is that you don't want to piss off the welterweight champion, Crawford, because he is one mean guy in there. It was a phenomenal stoppage. It was a f- phenomenal performance. But at the same time, I, I tend to believe, guys, that he would have not done this if he had an Errol Spence or a Porter in front of him. We would have not seen him so vulnerable to right hands, even though Jose Benavides exposed that he can be touched by right hands when he's in the southpaw stance. Well, I don't disagree with anything you said there, David. My thing as it relates to Crawford is that I have not been impressed with him at all since he's moved up to the welterweight division. People are often calling him a pound-for-pound number one or number two or number three. He was, without a doubt, the best fighter at 140 pounds. There's no question about that. But let's not avoid facts. I mean, he unified the division against two of, I would say, the lower, lowest-level uh, champions that I can think of in, in recent memory. I mean, uh, Charles Martin probably is the lowest-rated uh, world champion I've, I can think of off the top of my head. But Victor Postal... And uh, and Dongo were not the strongest uh, of champions at 140. He didn't really defend that title at 140. He moved up to 147. And since he's moved up, yes, there's been the issue with most of the top-rated welterweights being at the PBC. But who has he really beat? He used his prior status at 140-pound WBO champion to earn an immediate shot at Jeff Horn who I felt was a lower-level champion at 147, won the WBO title at 147, and since then, who would he really be? I mean, when I think about the best uh, boxer on on um, Terrence Crawford's record, Amir Khan's name pops up. And to me, that's not necessarily a good thing. 
So, you know, he, he, he boxed against the mean machine. He honestly got knocked down by the mean machine. You know, when you're a top rated guy and everyone's speaking about you, you have to expect that people are going to bring the best fight of their life to you on fight night, which is what the green machine did. And, you know, Crawford made his adjustments. He fought what he, the way he wanted to fight. And in the end, he, uh, he he got the KO. So I was kind of impressed by the result. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I, I'm, I can't really be that impressed by a win over, over the meme machine. Uh, I'm I, impressed I, uh, by his meme streak. That, that's, I'm sorry, Kenny. I'm going to put my, oh, my two okay. cents on that. I'm, I'm impressed with his meme streak, you know, and I agree with you, Milkar. What, what I wasn't impressed was, the attitude coming into the fight is F the media, F the fans. You don't know much. But then you go out there and you have a subpar performance to really, honestly, what do, what do we really consider the mean machine? Is he a B-class fighter or is he a C-class fighter? I consider them a C-class fighter. You know what I mean? He's a world-ranked world contender-level status guy. I, I, I would say, uh, uh, go ahead, Kenny. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know what I would rank him as. I didn't. Uh, he's a guy that I didn't watch enough tape on. I know he's a he's a contender. Uh, he was ranked or whatever. Cool. Uh, but I am. I have to say that I am impressed. I am impressed with Terrence Crawford's jaw and the way that he was able to eat those massive punches and not even look dazed because he was getting clobbered well, at some point. So yeah. Uh, you know, I do think. Uh, the opposition is minimal, and it, it you know it sucks for Terence Crawford, uh, you know, and 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 Tim Bradley says that it's all PBC's fault, but whatever, <laughs> it, 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 it sucks for for Crawford. He should be fighting better, better opposition. But I did learn that the guy has one of those diamond granite chins that I be talking about. No, God, dude, I feel like Timothy Bradley, man. You know, I, I really right. like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead, David. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I, re, I, I honestly, when Timothy Bradley signed on as one of the the seats to commentate for the ESPN Plus telecast, I enjoyed him in the beginning. He's very insightful. Um, I like the fact that he called the fight, but now he's interjecting himself as this character. I really think that he's trying to embody Teddy Atlas. He's trying to be over the top. It's become kind of cheesy. Um, you know, listen, to blame the PBC guys or to say this, I mean, come on. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. We know your agenda. We know that's your boy. We know that, you know, you, you've always uh, um, appraised them from stepping in the, in, the, in the ring with you and sparring. I get all of that. Play hard for your boy. I get that. But at the same time, let's not call a bunch of guys on the other side of the lane have coined or they have coined and not and start calling them not men that's just just really, really ridiculous and for timothy bradley to be irresponsible to start calling guys not men who lace up gloves and put their lives on the line the way he did at one time to me it's just really stupid and and, and, and irresponsible well not only that i mean and i don't blame him for making this statement in the past but this is the same guy who said that he would never fight ruslan provodnikov again so i mean look Boxers make business decisions. Terrence Crawford's in the position he's in right now because Terrence Crawford made a business decision. 
Terrence Crawford decided to re-up with top rank. He decided to not pursue mandatory status contention in the WBC, IBF, or WBA, which were titles held by PBC uh, people. He decided to, to, to go with the WBO. Okay. And because of that, he's in the situation that he's in now. So it, it was, this all came down to business. You know, had, had he gone the route of WBC, IBF, WBA mandatory, he would have taken a short money split if, if a fight went to purse bid. So he decided to go WBO route and become a WBO world champion. Now he's on his own island where there are very few other top heavyweights, and he's dealing with mandatory defenses like the mean machine. I do have one question, though. I said earlier, Kenny, that I felt that Amir Khan might be Crawford's best win. If I'm not necessarily saying that he is outright, but if not Amir Khan, who is his best win? Uh, well, he... <sighs> Amir, uh, I wouldn't even call Amir Khan his best win because of the way that the fashion in which the fight ended. Yes, he was completely outclassing, outboxing Amir Khan, and he was starting to get into him to 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 start weakening him up, you, you know, to take him down. And then it ended with that low blow call of that whole situation. So I can't really call that his best fight. For me, I just mean in terms of opponent. I... I don't know, because I, mean, I would put Amir Khan on the same level as a whole bunch of the other people that he's fought. Just the difference is that Amir Khan's at 147, a whole bunch of the other people that he fought that actually had a name were at 140. So it's a little different. Uh, uh, it would be hard for me to, 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 to really tell you who I think is the best opponent. But you know what? Come back to me next uh, next episode, and I'll let you know. I'll do my research. I don't like talking on my ass. I like talking with facts. Yeah, I mean, just off, off name, name recognition. I think it's. That's all I heard from Kenny. Seven thirty on the money. That's all I heard. That's all I heard from Kenny right now when he was saying what he had to say about Crawford's best opponent. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I'm being, I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even being being uh, being facetious here. I legit think that it, it's a reasonable argument to make that Amir Khan is his best win. I think Victor Postal is his best win, to tell you the truth. At 140, if you're talking about the overall of opponents, is that what you're saying, or just for the welterweight division? No, I just mean over. Well, overall, and I mean you could separate the question, I guess, but you know, overall, uh, overall, Victor Postal. Welterweight Amir Khan. What is what has Victor Postal done since Victor Postal lost to, to Terrence Crawford? Well, he hasn't done anything. We're about to go live on YouTube. Uh, I, I think I have uh, resolved all of our video issues. We're about ready to go. All okay, right. so we are going to go live on YouTube, folks. I uh, apologize we didn't get on the earlier, but hey, we're on the air on Blog Talk. We might even do an overtime on YouTube. Uh, yeah, let's do it overtime. Yeah. yeah, if we don't get uh get all to uh, all the calls and and we are now live and all the sub on all the subjects that we have uh here on leaving the ring. So I apologize. Oops, oops. Anyways, uh again, uh, just back to what you were saying before though. Uh, uh I think uh I just want to answer the question though, with the statement that you were going at, which is uh 
that I believe if we're splitting them between 147 and 140 for Terrence Crawford, at 140 he fought a hell of a lot of opposition. We can't necessarily talk about him at 147. We know he could bang with him, but his opposition hasn't really really 100% been there yet at 147. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I'm not convinced, and this is probably going to sound very controversial, I'm not necessarily convinced that uh, Jordanis Ugas does not give Terrence Crawford hell in a fight if they were to meet. Nah, I think he beats Jordanis Ugas. I think uh, the person that he should fight is uh, the guy who quote-unquote beat Jordanis Ugas, which is uh, Showtime Sean Porter. Uh, that's what, in my opinion, that's what we should be facing. Showtime, Sean Porter, because Sean Porter supposedly beat Ugas, although I think Ugas should have gotten that victory in that fight. What about uh, Sebastian Formella or Meya? I don't know if he's Italian or Spanish. That's the uh, I don't know. That's the IB, IBO World Welterweight title. Maybe you get a unification. Unification fight there. Me don't know. Me <laughs> don't know. Yo, guys, let us know if our stream is going uh, uh, going down well. We just started the stream. Uh, it should be well. We are having some issues, so hopefully everything's going well. Apologies for all the issues that we may be experiencing. I sent out the link to that stream there, Kenny, because I can't seem to pull it up over here for some reason. Anyone that goes to your that goes to YouTube and types in L I I T R or leave it in the ring, it's going to come up under your channel is streaming. So people just need to log into YouTube and uh, type in L-I-T-R or leave it in the ring and it will come up. I'll just click on the channel. Let's see. I'm going to the stream myself just to verify that everything is golden. So while you guys are talking about that, I'll, I'll, or while Kenny's getting that ready, what do you think about the news that Tyson Fury has moved to a new trainer, David? I'm sure you heard about that today. There's only one Tyson Fury. He's go, he's going to, he went to the Kronk he's going to the Kronk gym right with Jonathan yes, Banks. Sir. No, like no, it. with Javon Javon Sugar Hill. Oh, I like it. I I, I gotta yeah. tell you, I, I mean, I like he the said, move though, too. I like, the- I like the move, but I think, but I also remember him saying I saw him putting out on on Twitterland that uh, he's not getting rid of his old camp though. He just that's just a new addition, if I'm correct, right? It's a new addition to his camp having the Sugar Man. Well, I- I actually, I actually heard Ben Davidson say that he uh, is not going to be working with him anymore, but that he wishes him the best. But I believe everybody else in the camp, wow. down to the cut man, is going to is going to stay with him. For those who who, who who might not remember, Javon Sugar Hill is the same trainer that trained Adonis Stevenson through his uh, championship reign after the passing of Man- Emmanuel Stewart. So he's from that that Kronk right. gym. He's got. Good, good lineage. He's also the nephew of of um, of Emmanuel Stewart. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a good move for Tyson. I felt that I, I always felt, and I'm not knocking Ben Davidson as a trainer. I think that he's very good, especially for his age. But he is a guy in his mid twenties uh, who has not trained very many top level fighters. And right. according to Tyson Fury, the reason he got the job was because Tyson Fury said that if you go get me this girl's phone number, I'm going to give you a job. So he got him a job. He did a tremendous. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I heard. That's he funny. did a tremendous job getting Tyson Fury to drop. I believe it was about 150 pounds of fat, which on its own is one of the most, right. uh, you know, remarkable things. But I think. he's not a boxing trainer. 
we is a boxing trainer, but is he championship level just yet? Even against Tyson, sorry, against Deontay Wilder, he almost got Tyson Fury disqualified by jumping into the ring. Um, it's something that Freddie Roach had criticized him for. I'm not saying that he's not a, a good trainer, but I'm also not going to judge the move of Tyson Fury to, to seek some help. Well, I think he's looking for all the help he can get. And I think he's thinking of fighting taller, um, using that height. Because obviously, I think what he sees with Wilder, that he has to have a little bit more to the ad of the talent. I mean, here, here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing. We don't really know why he decided to make this move. Only he really does. But we could speculate that that first fight with Wilder, he might have might have went back thinking I could have done a little bit more. He, you know, really what Davis did for him was it really him or was it Tyson's Fury talent alone that got him through that fight? And it's been getting him through excuse me through those fights. So I think that it's a smart move to add somebody that has a little bit more understanding because they've had two world champions walk through that gym historical gym and uh could possibly possibly it's yet to be seen possibly show him something that tyson fury used against john deontay wilder so it's interesting i like the move i gotta tell you that you know uh boxing is not always checkers it's it's mahjong it's chess it's dominoes it's a, it's a whole lot of different different games I'm not sure if we lost David because he kind of cut out in the middle of a sentence there. I, I'm here. Can you can't hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear you guys now. Okay. All right. Anyways, um, I, I apologize if I haven't thrown up the stream. I can't. Get, I can't seem to get no, it. No, no, no. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I just, uh, I was gonna mention right now when I, when I said that we had, I believe we may have lost you. I was gonna mention right now. I took the stream down because I noticed that. Uh, I did put the stream live, but unfortunately, uh, we were not streaming to the correct key. So I uh, have ended the stream, um, stream, and I'm about to start it again in a few minutes under the correct channel. Uh, apologies for oh. all the issues that we're having. We're developing a lot of content, a lot of shows, a lot of media at the same time, and sometimes it can become confusing. There you go. Okay. That's, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, man, I can't seem to find it at all here. On the... it, it, it was all my fault. <laughs> Okay, no worries. So we'll get the stream up right now in a few minutes here on Leaving the Ring. If you want to call in, you certainly can. 347-215-7598. Virgil Ortiz had a spectacular win over Brad Solomon. I mean, look, I said I said I did a show on Friday, which I'm gonna start doing on a regular. On a regular. Hey, did you guys hear the 69 is getting out on Wednesday? Anyways, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought there really quick. On Friday. On Friday. If it gets out on Wednesday, man, I'm cutting my hair. You're going to see me next week on Monday here on the show, on YouTube, on our YouTube stream with color hair, man, and, and, and rainbow teeth and stuff. But going back to my thought here about Virgil Ortiz. Look, I think the kid's the goods. I think that that this fight with a, a a guy at one time that was really looked at as a hot prospect uh, was going to be the test bar for any other questions that, that people had on uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. 
because, and I'll tell you why. Because he had already been a gatekeeper. He had been a older warrior. He hadn't really been a guy that hasn't been stopped. He lost, but at the same time, had some uh, had some uh, uh, you know some trouble with the law. But we knew that that kid, uh, you know, Brad was going to come to fight. We knew that there was something about him that a lot of folks were high on. Well, you know, Ortiz Jr. Man just keeps impressing every single time. I think honestly, if the way that Golden Boy keeps moving this guy, he's going to be the guy that all these other dudes are fighting about, not crossing the street and worrying about this. He's going to come through the back door, guys. I don't know what you guys think, but I think Ortiz Jr. right now, and my the impression that I'm getting from him, my opinion on him right now is given the full year of 2020, 2021, he may be the guy to beat. I was extremely impressed by uh well you know what I shouldn't say I was extremely impressed because I had such high admiration for the for the kid that I was pretty much expecting him to do what he did uh a Friday night uh he he's a, a really good good uh you know he's a good kid he's a he's a great fighter he's well, potentially a great fighter one of the early things I, I recognized about him was that I heard that he was a cross-country runner in high school, and his dad was a cross-country runner. And anyone who knows anything about the sport of cross-country knows how tough a sport it is and how tough cross-country runners are, fighting through pain, fighting through, like, literally fire burning in your chest, you know, the, the desire to want to give up. He did that and he boxed, you know. Right. In terms of in terms of where he goes, um, I see a fight with uh, Alexander Abesputin as a good possibility for him. Reason being, he's rising up the WBA rankings. I believe he's a WBA gold titleist, whatever that means. But I know it. What some, it does mean some, is some bullshit. It, it, it put it rises you up the rankings is really all that matters. And obviously. Uh, the WBA champion is is uh, Manny Pacquiao, but he's the super champion. Alex Bender Besputin, who most of you will remember, fought on the Zone a couple weekends ago, is the WBA regular champion. So, given the fact that they both fought on the Zone recently, I see that as a as an opportunity for him and someone who he can who he can take on. I agree. I agree. You know, I think that what Golden Boy needs to do, continuously do, is keep moving him along, keep putting him up these bricks that he has to break through. Uh, and I think that that is the right way of building this guy. Allow everybody else to weed themselves out, you know, and, and then slowly, like I said, come in through the back door and they take on the best available fighter fighters uh in 2021 i think 2020 is going to be a very solid year for him just seeing what like i said what golden boy's been doing with him um i think they have a very well drawn up plan for virgil ortiz jr yeah um you know i was interested i was wondering really after the fight where oscar was we are live again and also, who that person in the black dress was. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. That I thought that was that was interesting. If anyone, if anyone goes back to the video and, and can explain that one to me, I, I, I'm all ears. Hit me up on Twitter. 
<laughs> in the black dress. I don't know. I can't even yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even know who this guy's talking about. <laughs> I have no idea who this guy's talking well, about. Well, we I got I to gotta be politically correct here. It is almost 2020. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, that left me with a few questions. I'll just uh, – First of all, where's Oscar? And who's who's the person in the black dress? I know Oscar was in, in with uh, his 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 cousin Diego de la Hoya. He wasn't there. I saw uh, Roberto Diaz there. Uh, Diego, uh, who? Oh, oh what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, God, what a terrible fight. You know, I, I you know, as much as you want to root for the kid, uh, Diego de la Hoya. Who fought on 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 Saturday? What was it? Was it Saturday on Facebook Watch? Um, so I ended up you know watching it last night, and I sat there and I'm just like, wow, you know, he just doesn't have it, man. Um, and and the only thing that's carrying him is his last name, which is unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Um, I've never honestly been been impressed by any De La Hoya. Um. My mom always told me when I was a kid, it's not De La Hoya, but that's a long other story. I've never been impressed with anyone. No, she says you don't pronounce the H in Spanish, which she's right about, obviously. But no, I've never been impressed by anyone with with that name other than Oscar. And it's been a while since I've been right. impressed by Oscar. Uh, yeah, well, they're going to be waiting Guys, for a long time. Alive. It may not be looking too good, but we are live. Let's see how we're looking. Let us know. Yeah. Um, I know. Mine's just buffering over here. So I see we're still having some difficult, some technical difficulties yeah. on, on our stream. So I apologize for you guys. If you guys can't seem to get it right, I mean, uh, if you guys can't hear us and get it right on the YouTube, guys can always transfer over to the Block Talk. We are, we are live on Block Talk, Block Talk right now. I apologize for our stream on uh, YouTube, but we're working on it. Like I said, we're still new. We're still new kids on the block, man. So forgive us. A hundred percent. You know, and we're trying to stream from two different setups. Uh, 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 like we're just trying different things, seeing uh, how our technology works. This is all a, like a building learning process for us. So, you know, it's all right. It's all right. We will deal with issues, but eventually I guarantee you that we will have a up and running live show that works perfectly every time we're live just really quick i want to get into about um who's next for terence crawford i gotta say this i mean i had tweeted out that after immediately with that performance that crawford had showing his meanness against uh, the mean machine that i'd like to see sean showtime a porter that's a fight that i really honestly would want to see bob airman's mentioned it Porter had said, "Why all of a sudden is he bringing up my name?" When before he said that he was a nobody, but just seeing right now, reported by Steve Kim just about an hour ago, he has gotten word that there's a strong possibility that that Crawford versus Porter may happen mid-year of 2020. If it does go down like that, I hope it does. I think that is a great, tremendous fight for both men. I think we get a better measuring bar of where. Honestly, in my excuse me, in my opinion, where we rate Crawford is he closer into really being the best welterweight? If he's able to stop Porter, I think that there's an argument that you can have saying that Crawford is the guy that should carry 
the the banner of being the best welterweight. Right now, I think it's both up for grab. Uh, the way Spence had a fight, Porter just showed me that he still needs a bit more. But really, honestly, guys, what has Porter showed him, showed him out through his whole career? He's got the best resume in the welterweight division at this point, right? Well, I thought I thought he lost to I thought he lost to Ugas. To be honest with you, and I, I thought he lost to Ugas. And uh, when you say that he has the re- best resume, I know that he's the only champion out of the these other guys that are welterweight. But you also like uh, the guys that came up alongside him, like Danny Garcia and uh, the other ponytail guy, which you guys uh, say look like. Mr. Oh, you, wait, 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 wait. You you mean this guy? <laughs> 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 yeah. Exactly. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, guy you know, if, you can't, if if Bob Arum, if Bob Arum can't get him a fight with uh, Sean Porter, I mean, there's always Phil LaGreco, uh Billy Dib, uh, Samuel Vargas, uh, maybe Devon Alexander. Uh, I don't know, Louis Coyasso. Um, I'm sure they'll. I'll, I'm sure they'll dust somebody off for him. Oh, maybe, yeah. Dimitri, maybe Dimitri Salida might come out of retirement. Hey, man. All I know is that if I was Crawford, I would start acting like Canelo. Canelo is setting precedence right now. He, he, the, the way that he's moving in these boxing ranks, moving up and down between three weight classes just to find quality opponents and make big money, yeah. If I was Crawford, I'd be like, all right, fuck it. Okay, okay, cool. You 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 want to weigh 140 pound dudes don't want to fight me. All right, cool. I'm gonna go down to 140 and I'm gonna go up to 154 real quick, and then I'll be right back at 147 to beat y'all asses again. I think 154 be super tough. For I him. don't know the way he ate Kavalyowski's punches this weekend. He got dropped. Who did he fight at 154 though? Who got dropped? I mean, who's there? Darren who's Crawford. one? Who? Kenny's giving me funny faces. I honestly feel that he, he got, got dropped. dropped. He, he got, got dropped. dropped. He got dropped, he bro. He ate a lot of punches, is what I know. He did, and he got dropped. I mean, I don't honestly right now. No I do denying not it. see him being, being 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 super competitive at 154. Um, I mean, J Rock, Tony Harrison. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, he could force an immediate shot at Patrick Texera, the Brazilian. Maybe he goes uses WBO status to do that, but I think he's got a lot of unfinished business at 154. Hmm. Uh, he definitely should do I, I, well, it. My the... question is, who does he fight at 154? Who does Bob have at 154 that, that would be willing or them uh, willing to give up for Terrence Crawford if he made that move? I don't oh, see anybody. I, I, don't, I don't really see anybody. I, I, I was right. mentioning that move in terms of uh, of uh, keeping active and make himself uh, like uh, appeal or, or or more appealing, like more enticing for them. So I guess not want to fight him. That's actually. only that going to work, work though if he takes on a champion, someone <laughs> that he that he that he could grab right. help from. That's what Canelo did. Oh, oh yeah, and I mean, that's, that's gonna and that's gonna that's gonna entail for Bob wanting to step out of the Bob top rank universe. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I see him maybe Bob trying to move Jose Ramirez up, um, maybe moving the winner of Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez up, once that person's undisputed to take on the last undisputed, 
champ at 140, but the PBC and Al Heyman can totally uh, freeze him out. And to be quite honest, why would anyone blame them? They've got plenty of welterweights that they, that they can set up fights with at 147. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, were, they must have already freezed them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no – I mean, this is why they're using the ESPN platform to get their point across of playing the victim at this moment. I hate to say it. It's, it's playing the, oh, pity me. Nobody wants to fight me. Uh that's not really necessarily true. <laughs> well, I think you know? I, I think that's nonsense, and I also think uh, I also think that ESPN is pulling some doo-doo uh, because <clears throat> I, you don't, you honestly do not need the ESPN Plus uh, application. Uh, ESPN is so damn big. Uh, it, it, Terrence Crawford would get way more popularity off of them just playing the fights on ESPN, the damn ESPN channel. Or it was on ESPN3, though, bro. I mean, guys, let's be yeah. honest. It was ESPN3. Not everybody does has ESPN3. You know, if you directed everybody to download the ESPN+, Plus, you know what was on ESPN+, Plus being promoted? The, the UFC. UFC. That's, which, I was which, so which freaking confused. Right. I was so confused. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You 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 well, yeah. do me into buying this app, and now you're not even holding the. You only hold the undercards to push me off to go. I mean, that's just to me right now. It's too much, too much. If I wasn't a hardcore boxing fan, I wouldn't go through the work in finding the main events. If I was just some casual guy and be like, okay, well, there's no more boxing. They want me to go where now? Eh, I could do something else. I could I could you know tune into something different. It's just—it's stupid the way they're doing this OTT right now. Uh, you know, I—I I, I don't know. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I couldn't agree more. It's very stupid. The application is dumb. They have all these other ESPN channels which they could just play his fights on and promote them, promote him on. When I first signed on to ESPN Plus and paid for it, uh, it was to watch a Terrence Crawford fight. I don't watch MMA right. or any of the stuff. So you know. Uh, being that, uh, actually, I actually uh, canceled my subscription a long time ago to ESPN Plus due to the fact of of the nonsense that they be doing to to their viewers. But uh, yeah, no, uh, they should have definitely played him on ESPN. Forget ESPN Plus. They don't promote him the way that they should. ESPN and top rank, like I was saying last last podcast that we have, they should be promoting him way better and giving him way higher priority over MMA and over a lot of other stuff that happens. Therefore. If you ask me, him signing over ESPN because ESPN was the biggest sports broadcast in order to make his career bigger, to make him a better, well-known fighter, to make him a historical fighter, I think that was all BS and nonsense, and he wasted his time signing to ESPN and Top Rank because Top Rank is not helping his career out any, and not one bit. If anything, Top Rank should not have the ESPN Plus app and be signed with ESPN, or if they are going to be signed with ESPN, just play the fights on regular ESPN. Well, that That way, ESPN... Or both networks can make money, and it'll be, I think, less of a fight to well, here's uh, the have. Problem. Can I interject here real quick? Wait, let, me, let me just finish the sentence. Let me just finish the sentence. I think it'll be way more beneficial for ESPN to not have its application. Therefore, it'll be able to have and be able to do it like a dual stream or, or a dual cast of a, on ESPN and on the Zone or wherever PBC fighters are streaming their fights at. Therefore, it's not a fight and you won't have these contractual issues that you always continue to have and aren't able to fight fighters for. Well, I, I mean, look, as a boxing fan, I would 
prefer to watch fights on regular ESPN if I had cable, I guess. But I I do have ESPN Plus. I'm not the biggest fan of ESPN Plus. But we have to live in the real world because that's where we live. And unfortunately, boxing is not as big as college football or college basketball or the other sports that yes. ESPN plays on Saturday night. So as much as we love boxing and I love boxing, boxing is nowhere near as big a sport as those sports. If it was going to make more money than those sports, you better believe ESPN is going to put it on regular ESPN, but it's not. Those that's are it. much that's bigger it. sports. And that's what brings in the money for ESPN. Now, the reason FS1 has been more successful, I think, is they're very smart and strategic of when they put their fights. A lot of their FS1 shows, you know, you probably noticed they place on Sunday nights, College football is not on Sunday nights. Or when there's a big fight, they put it on pay-per-view. But they don't counter-program college basketball and college football. So, you know, ESPN's making a business decision. Crawford is not a bigger franchise than the college football teams and basketball teams and NBA teams that they're playing on on Saturday night. That's Look, cool. this is That's cool. Here's the thing, put them on ESPN 2 or 3. But that's me, what they're me, showing. Me, exactly. That's exactly exactly where they're showing it at. Let me just put my let me just add to it a milk card. Here's another thing too. This is a bad case. This is just the case of Bob Arum saying, I can do it myself. Meaning that he doesn't he you know, he could have went to the zone and got Crawford more exposure, more airtime. All the fights that could be available, but he keeps proving over and over he doesn't like to share, doesn't like to do it. You know, if 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 you want to talk about he, you know, uh, ESPN should have done this for Crawford and could do this for him. Well, here's the thing: the UFC, Dana White, and 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 the entertainment that they're involved with, they're willing to put money up up front to promote and push their fighters because they're willing to yeah. give their 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 viewers. Fights that they want to see. Bob is giving us shit that's available that's in house that most fans don't want to watch. And, and to nobody hear like Crawford, right? Nobody cares about you when you hear Crawford and then you hear Bradley and 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 Andre Ward and these guys telling us that it's the other <clears throat> guy's fault. Come on, guys, that's bullshit. And it's not their fault. I mean, it's the not. other thing too, David. I agree on this. It is bullshit. hundred percent. And I do agree that you know it wasn't the greatest decision for terrence crawford to sign with top rank but he signed with top rank and top rank is putting him on all of the major radio stations here in new york they're putting him on all of the major television shows like first take to speak but to be fair whenever he's on a radio show or is on a television show he's not necessarily the most engaging interview or the most interesting person right. to listen to. That's not going to bring in the casual fans. The hardcore heads like, like me, I'll obviously watch, but the average person watching first take, listening to that interview, here's a boring guy, not too excited about it. Is he then going to take the additional step to go and buy the app or download the app to watch a fight? Or is he just going to watch his regular college football and basketball? To me, the answer is pretty clear. Uh, I, I mean, I, I hear you. The thing is, uh, I guess to just to rewind back a little bit to my point, then then there should not be a such thing as ESPN Plus that they use Terrence Crawford to sell. What, the, what is, quote, unquote, 
the boxing app that's go, that's gonna uh, uh, battle the zone. Well, right now they're not the, putting up a fight, right? They no, ain't putting up no. I don't mind. Fight. The, I don't mind the principle of ESPN Plus or the principle of the zone, but the zone's got their tech side sorted out way better than ESPN Plus. I switch on to the yep. zone app immediately. It knows I want to watch boxing, right? It shows right. me the the fight. I can watch it live. I can, I get the option of starting it from the beginning or starting it where I last watched it. When I turn on ESPN, I've got to go through four fucking menus to get to the fight that's on live <laughs> that I want to watch right now. Or it yeah. sends you and, somewhere and else. Has it done that or to it you guys? Sends you somewhere else, right? It's, yeah. You know, it's stupid. But it's stupid. is not even a menu on the app, like on the main page. You got to right. go to like a second page. You know, because they have basketball and so golf bad. and curling and billiards and darts and auto racing and women's wrestling, they, men's they, wrestling. They, I'm obviously exaggerating, but there's like a ton of stuff there. They they definitely need to uh, change their interface and make it more user friendly so people find what they're looking for more easy. Also, it's very. I think it's not difficult or it's very logical for for the creator or whoever's. Uh, 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 managing the app to uh 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 you like to also have terence crawford and also have mma and not be like okay you know uh you have espn plus uh i'm only gonna play mma on this if you want to watch terence crawford you have to have cable too and watch espn 3 or whatever the hell it is you could simply have both mma and esp and excuse me and the crawford fight on espn plus different links and make it easy for people to find have a boxing link have an mma link a basketball well, that's, football that's yada crazy, yada that was the crazy part Kenny, because there was they had the undercard of the ufc and then they had boxing on the espn plus right or whatever both both of those 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 uh undercards were on the espn plus and to not keep the main event on the ESPN Plus was baffling to me. Where it said, no, you got to go to yeah. ESPN 3. Okay. There's a lot of, lot, look, I'm, I'm a guy that's kind of been very optimistic about what's the, the change. The, the, the time has been changing. We are going to, uh, in a different direction in technology. I've been accepted because I'm a guy that's been watching boxing since I was freaking old enough to open my eyes and walk and talk, okay? So because I, I have such a love and a passion for the sport, I'm going to do everything I can to tune in and watch, watch these fights. But to make it so frustrating to the point that where I was at on Saturday, I'm there watching. And first off, I'm, um, I was out, like I said, taking care of some family business. So I had family around me, kids running around. The kids automatically take over the television where I was at because they're small little ones. So you got to keep them entertained. The adults are definitely going to be doing adult things. <laughs> I have snuck away, sitting down by myself, watching the fights in my hand to now tell me, oh, no, you got to go to ESPN3. And I'm like, okay, so I click it, and then it's like I got to sign in my server, right? My TV provider, I'm sorry, my TV. And I'm like, yep. well, fuck, Same I, here. I, you know. I don't know. I can't remember all my freaking passwords. So honestly, I was at a point. I was literally a, a, a freaking button away of saying, fuck it. I'm going to watch UFC 245 because I wanted to see about the Covington kid, if he got his ass kicked or what. Now, I was that close to just watching that and then say, screw it. I'll wait till it's the replay for the Crawford, catch up to it on a Sunday or something. 
But but I was like, no, I'm a trooper. I'm going to put my boots on and go through the mud and find this stream. And luckily, I remembered, well, I got Hulu on my phone. Go Absolutely. On but then, if it's on there. But then also you juxtapose that with the fact that on most top-ranked cards, I mean, it's an A-side <clears throat> destruction of the B-side from top to bottom. Like, right. It's very rare that on a top-ranked card, the B-side pulls off an upset. Like, their their fights are usually not matched very very evenly. Also, also their their, their uh, cards uh, haven't uh, been very good. No, ESPN uh, uh, having uh, having the boxing matches how they how they have it so so difficult to find where you can't watch it on the application or you have to go log on to Hulu or you have to go log on to your cable provider or if you don't have cable you gotta figure, how you how are you gonna watch this fight it, it it makes dudes like me want to revert to what I used to do and find an illegal stream for the fight and you right, know what right that's, right that's extremely capable that, that's like easily capable like, 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 like I, 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 I could go find the link for any single fight it could be a pay-per-view match worth 100 200 it don't matter the amount that's worth i could find a free illegal link for it so it's like listen we're trying to do the right thing but you're making it hard for us stop playing yeah i don't have to log in through uh my cable first of all i don't even have cable i have youtube tv but i don't have to log in through youtube tv to access the zone no i fire no. up the app Right. It's it's there, and it, that's it. Every, if I watch ESPN Plus today, right, I would bet mm-hmm. you, I don't know, I'd give you 50-50 odds that by Saturday the thing is asking me to log in again. Oh, I know. That's even – ridic- you know ridiculous. what even pisses me off even more? You know what pisses me off even more is that if I don't log on my on to my Apple TV, okay, let's because they, they they hold fights like what once every or twice every month, okay? So I don't tune in on a normal on ESPN Plus because I don't watch any other sport except for boxing. So if I want to log on to my uh, Apple TV, I'll click the the ESPN Plus icon and then it'll tell me to go re-sign in and then punch in the numbers back on my tele. It's like, come on, oh, man. Yeah, the numbers, the, the numbers. Yeah, thing. I'm just I mean, like, you know, the hell? zone has. Everything that we need. Look, this, you know what I like about the Zone 2? They have a schedule, which ESPN Plus, you need to get on the ball of that. They got a schedule that you can literally go through their calendar, see what's upcoming for the next month, for the whole month, and be able to hit a reminder that you want to watch either their press conference, the weigh-in, or a fight that's happening in the UK, or whatever the case is. They're able to do that. When ESPN Plus, you go to their schedule, go to their boxing schedule, click it, and it sends you to the ESPN website. It takes you off of the app, sends you to just this generic website that Dan Raphael draws up, and then you just scroll through it. So you basically have to go on memory of what fights that they're going to be featuring or having throughout the whole world. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what exactly you are offering for the whole month in terms of boxing, my sport. I want to pass in some fight fans to kind of gear away from this negativity. You know, I hate to be, I hate for us that we have sounded really negative against this, but I think it's really, honestly. Well, it was negative. Right. It was negative. It was a very negative experience. I'm not not here to fluff up ESPN and cradle cradle their you-know-whats. Like, if they mess up, I'm going to say that they messed up. And they've been messing up. They've been messing up and all over to the commentating to the way the app is, it's just it's been really bad. Let me go to area code two zero nine. You're on live right now. Leave it a ring, man. What's on your mind? Hey guys, this is Troy from Spockton, man. Uh, um, sorry, I tuned in late. <laughs> no I worries. tuned in late. No. But very, 
Very interesting subject you guys had. Uh, uh, you know what, dude? Saturday, I went to work early in the morning, like about 5 o'clock. I got off uh, uh 8, and then, boom, I was out. I woke up, and the only fight I was able to see was Teofimo Lopez and uh, and, and uh, the Crawford fight. Uh, I, <laughs> I saw it on my TV, so I didn't have to play with uh, ESPN Plus or anything like that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You're blessed. <laughs> You are blessed. I woke friend. up and yeah, uh, uh, Teofino Lopez. Wow, that was a, wow. That's all I have to say is wow. That knockout was wow. It was good, good. I see him uh, coming. People been, yeah, people been saying for a long time he was the real deal. I mean, that's that's basically all you gotta say. Not uh, yet. Not yet. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Crawford, Crawford. Uh, that was a, uh, a more competitive fight than what I thought it'd be. Uh, you know, it was right? Good. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know what? Friday, uh, Virgil Ortiz. Oh man, Whoa. dude, uh, I, I was working out in the garage, in the bags, you know, you know, uh, trying to get in a workout, calisthenics, and then about the fourth, what was it the fourth round, fourth, fifth round? I mean, man, you know, you know, his punches really caught my eye. After that, you know, I just had to sit down and watch the fight, and I was like, man, this guy, this guy's a beast, man. This guy's bad. He's very, very precise with his punches, man. Oh yes, yeah. You know, his, Who his eye coordination is is really something uh, to honestly just sit there and go that's just majorly impressive uh-huh yeah i mean man he's good his defense good too i mean those slips that he was yeah. doing i mean man it was, it was great virgil ortiz you know I, I i look forward to this fight and i look forward to his fights on the zone i feel like i'm getting my money's worth um and, uh for, about what you guys had to say about the apps, uh, ESPN Plus, yeah, there, there's a bunch of content. In order for me to find anything that has to do with top rank, I mean, you practically have to look for it, search for it. Um, they just got too much stuff. They're, they're pushing the UFC way too much. I mean, it's just flooding my, 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 my ESPN Plus. If there was a way I could pick and choose what I want part of the app, I think it would be better. Uh, um, I, I don't need to see uh, – uh, electronic drone racing from who in the heck knows where. I don't need to see that. I, I really don't want to see that. I didn't sign up for ESPN Plus. I signed up for boxing. Uh, if there was That's a way right. I could pick and choose, yeah, if there's a way I could pick and choose what I want to see, you know, I, I would love it. The uh, zone, uh, much more easier, but it needs more content. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't care about uh, lacrosse. I don't care about dark throwing. You know, boxing and use more content so they could get more subscribers, so they could keep the cost low. Uh, but the, technically, uh, the only gripe I have about the zone is I cannot get a, a clear stream from them. I, I just can't. Uh, I have uh, a pretty good uh, uh, internet package from uh, Xfinity. Um, I have the Fire Stick, and the only problem I have is with the zone. And and yeah, it, it's even. Uh, uh, I'm part of my Comcast uh, apps, and hmm. same thing. I always have issues. Um, if, if I didn't have streaming issues with the zone, I'd, you know, I'd say the zone would be much better. Um, and that's pretty much it, gentlemen. Uh, what do you guys think of Mikey signing to the uh, uh, zone? Ooh, I like it. I like it. I definitely more value for my money. <laughs> well, you know, here yeah, it, goes, it goes again. It goes again, Troy, is that he, you know, you, Mikey, Mikey Garcia was with top rank. Mikey Garcia's big gripe with them was like, look, you know, you basically are under the control of what Bob wants. 
what Bob wants to do with your career. You know, whereas as much as much shit people want to give, like Al Heyman or Eddie Hearn, you got to admit those guys are actually listening to their fighters and the fans and saying, okay, we need to try to make this fight. But it's about the timing and how much money they can get out of that fight. Where right now, in the case of of Bob Arum, that's 88 years old and basically he's like, "Ah, your kids don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I'm going to do it my way and my way only. And you know what? He, he has really ran out of the times of what's, what's happening now. Right now, I see Crawford's career just being very stale. doesn't seem like he's going to get any further. I th- you see his frustration, but he's, he's really directing it at the wrong people. He should be directing it to his promoter, who's not getting his face out there more to the public or out there more to see him fight the right opponents. Mikey Garcia is on the right track. track. He says, hey, the zone's the future. Let me go over there. I already went with PBC. I put my face with them. You know, they did a great job getting me out there, got me the fights that I want. Let's see what Eddie Hearn and DeZone can do for me next. That's the way you play ball. Uh-huh. You know, you know me as a, as a, as a, a regular Joe uh, uh, fan, uh, the guy on the other end of the TV that's drinking and watching all this stuff, uh, you know, I, 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 I look at this as how much money I want to pay to view the sport I like. Right. Uh, after the, the, the Spence and the uh, Mikey Garcia fight, I'll be honest, I really wasn't so thrilled about buying a Mikey pay-per-view. Uh, no matter how they sold it, you know, they talked about Pacquiao, they talked about Pacquiao versus the Mikey Garcia, and then I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe, but then I, I don't know, just just that fight with Spence really didn't leave me wanting to you know, reach into my pockets and, and throw my money at, at the PVC. No, no. I agree. But, but with, no, I agree. Yeah, but, yeah. With this, but with this part of the subscription, I'm like, hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a decent price that month. Okay, fine. You know, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting these apps. I'm supporting the, the sport, you know, and I feel like I'm getting value for my money. And, Absolutely. And I like it. Uh, Absolutely, Troy. Uh, thank you, brother. I want, yeah, thank you guys very much for answering my calls. I want to let you guys go now. And thank you, uh, uh, have a good week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you guys very you much. Have a good one, man. Thank you, bro. All Appreciate right, you. You too. Bye-bye. Later, man. You know, uh, I just want to uh, comment on a couple of things he said. Uh, um, uh you know, the they, uh, the zone can have a lot more content and a lot more stuff out. I agree, but uh, you know, uh, if, if you're following the current boxing scheme, the current boxing blueprint, uh, most boxing happens on Saturday, or at least most important boxing. If if the zone wants to get to a place where uh, uh, where uh, they have more content out, they gonna have to change that blueprint. Blueprint in, in terms Agreed. of in terms of maybe. Maybe you know you know football has Monday night football. Sometimes it has football on Thursdays and sometimes Sunday, right? You know, maybe maybe, maybe uh you should stray away from the only Saturday boxing, you know, and, and add a couple other well, days where you since they have most of the top name fighters, they control and they have contracts, so they control what days they play them on. Have these fighters uh, alter the days they fight on them? Maybe a Monday or a, or a Wednesday or Friday or something different. Nothing, nothing in my life has killed my social life more than boxing on a Saturday. So I cannot tell you how many yeah. times I have gone out on dates. Oh, yeah. I've told women I can't meet them or because I want to be at home to watch boxing. 
exactly. at the end of the day, when we were kids, <laughs> no, it's true, for real, for real. It's true. I spent no, long just... stretches of my of my of my of my life as a single man, and one of the main reasons was because of boxing. So, anyways, just to get back on to what Kenny was saying, uh, look, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, Kenny, there was Tuesday night fights, there was Friday night fights. You look at fights that are happening in other countries, like in Japan, they take place during the week as well. The last few in-a-way fights have taken place on, like, Thursday mornings and stuff. There's no reason why boxing cannot be showed on other days of the week like other sports are. I like the fact that, that the zone is moving away from, from, from just the Saturday night stuff. I'm let, trying to let, enforce that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get more stuff on Thursdays like we've seen the past few weeks. Let's get some more stuff on Fridays. Right or or, or, or or let's pick another staple day that's not just Saturday. You see, no, like, like like I said, there's a there's the Sunday night football, there's the Monday night football, and then they have Thursday night football as well. Yes, you know we can we could choose another staple day that's not just Saturday. Absolutely, especially when college football happens on Saturdays, Agreed. which is always good. Look, I'm gonna die before boxing is a bigger sport than than college basketball. Nah, we gonna make it bigger. Well, I'm just gonna keep it real. We gonna make it bigger. I'm just gonna keep it real. Listen, we're we're, we're gonna grow as a show, right? After we finish growing as a show, we're gonna start uh, finding some fighters. We're gonna become a show and a management team. We're gonna become a network. So you see, ESPN, ESPN, they they have top rank and they have their management team, but they also have their network. It, you watch me. We're gonna change this whole well, boxing look, shit. Well, right? we can all we can all three. I think you're, you're, <laughs> oh, that's great. He has spoken. Man, he has spoken. Yeah, wow. he has. <laughs> My dad, you want to call in? You can. can. 347-217-5798 here on Leaving the Ring with myself, Dave, Duenius, and Amil Carr, and Kenny. One time, Thurman. You can, say, uh, you can even uh, speak to his flute if you want to. Let's pass in uh, area code five one zero. I think I, this is Fernando, if I'm correct. Fernando, is that you, brother? Hey, what's up, David? <clears throat> Milcar and uh, Kenny. How you guys doing? Good, yeah, Fernando. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing, bro? What's good, Nando? Good, man. Just making some dinner. You know, it's all good. Just got home from work. Uh, oh, I'm jealous. Save me some. Are you on a plant-based <laughs> diet as well? Uh, kind of half and half. Like I, I, I made a scramble chorizo. Have you ever had that before with the, the oh, chorizo made out of soybeans? Oh, that's bro, really it's good, my man. favorite. I get it at Trader Joe's every week. Exactly. That's the one I get. Exactly. You got it, man. You know what's up. Yep, of course, that's the one I get, bro. So yeah, oh, heavy, heavy on the vegetables, man. Heavy on the vegetables. Have to and be, have to be. Yeah, dude. It, it, yeah. So not completely. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm too Mexican to ever give it up, but. For the most part, man, I do tell you Even if it sounds like you're on the box of diet. Well, you know though. what the funny thing is, right? The first time I, I was around a ton of people who were, like, <clears throat> vegans and all into healthy foods and stuff was when I moved to Mexico City. They got, like, a lot of hippie types over there that were on this, like, I would say, like, 15 years ago. So, yeah. But, yes, absolutely. I, I know what you're saying, though. And, and it's good for the environment, too, man. It's, like, it's absolutely. a living. Yeah, yep. really good for the environment. Um, Thank you for calling me, brother. So, so tell us what you think about, you know, Terrence Crawford, Kavaliowskis, The Zone, ESPN Plus, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez, Comey. Talk to us. 
Well, hey, Kenny, you want you want to hear a hot take? I got a hot yeah. take. Yeah, legit one. Yeah. I got a legit hot take, man. 2020 is gonna be. Last... All right, man. 2020 will be the last year that both Lomachenko and Terence Crawford are at the top of the pound for pound list. They're both getting knocked off next year. Uh, wow. I see some slippage of Terence. I, I do. I see some slippage in there. You know, and you can say yeah. he was trying to. You know, he was trying to be overly uh, aggressive, right? But. They used to say that about Triple G, too, when he was getting touched up by Willie Monroe, you know? And Lomachenko, it's not so much that Lomachenko's slipping, but I think Kale, uh, Devin Haney, and uh, Gervonta Davis, man, they're nipping at his toes, man. And they might not, one of them might knock him off next year. I don't know about that. It, 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 I mean, I, I, I love the opinion, but it's hard to think that uh, Davis, who's had the opportunity to fight Lomachenko for so many years, and I'm a big fan of, it's hard to think that he's going to come in and change the game against Lomachenko. He's been running. He's been on the run. Devin Haney's amazing. Devin, I, I, I love me some Devin Haney. That guy could fight. That guy could move. He's the most Floyd Mayweather-esque young fighter that is out right now. And, and I forgot the third gentleman you mentioned, but Teo, Teo, Teo Yeah, Teo He got a lot of power and he can move. Uh, I don't know if his uh, his leg work is all that serious, you know, to 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 really go. You have to understand it, it, with Lomachenko, you got to hit the guy to 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 defeat him. You got to hit him first. I don't. A lot of these guys, I don't really see hitting Lomachenko. That leg work is on a whole nother level. That movement, that lateral movement, that head movement, that that's on a whole nother level. Uh, um, he has he, been dropped, though. As a, You know, I could remember Linares' name. I don't know how that happened. Oh, Jorge, yeah. Linares. Jorge Linares dropped him. Yeah. That, I, and I, Crawford I, did get dropped last, uh, last Saturday night. No, def- definitely. And these guys have the power to do it. I just don't know if they have the experience yet. To do it, and, and uh, regarding Crawford, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear who you mentioned uh, uh, that you felt would be the guys to to give him some difficulties. But, well, but regarding Lomachenko, I don't. Those guys are kind of young. Yes, they're amazing. They're great. They have a lot of talent, but they're still kind of young, you know. They're bigger and stronger than him, though. Dude, he's a natural featherweight, man. That's that's part of the thing you got to factor in too, man. That Dale's got a big punch in for a lightweight, man, and he's light and quick. He's athletic. I'm really excited for that fight. And as far as uh, Terrence Crawford, the reason I think he's going to get bumped off is, is uh, I think 2021 is going to be the year of Virgil Ortiz, man. You know, I think so too. Get, cause I'm, yeah, I don't yeah. think Crawford. I don't think. Uh, excuse me, Spence. Spence is obviously like the, the biggest rival for Crawford, right? But he, who knows when he's going to fight again? You know, uh, I just, I just think Both 2021 is going to be Here's the thing. Both of them are not doing any good service for each other. You got one guy oh, that's with a promoter. You got a Crawford and Spence, you know. Spence, you know, drinking and driving, got himself out. They're saying they're, re- they're reporting that possibly mid of 2020 he'll be back, but that's not a for sure thing, uh, you know. But, you know, and you got Crawford that, that honestly, if, 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 if the talks are really true about him getting Porter, that's a good thing. But it has to happen. We got to see that, you know what I mean? Until then, it's just, it's all just bullshit in the air, you know? Um, I do, I, honestly, Kenny, I do see it happening. And, and, I, and I'll tell you yeah. why, because what, what other option are they going to go with, you know? If, if they want, look, Al Heyman, to me, has never missed an opportunity to, to have his fighter stage somewhere because to me he looks at it as, as well I'm getting them the exposure I'm getting them paid like I promised them so he's fulfilling 
everything that he's promised his fighters. That's why they're happy with him. Bob has 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 made a promise to Crawford of making him a household name, make him you know the biggest star that Manny Pacquiao was, and and, and Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather. Nope. But I think that what Bob forgets is that he had a stable of fighters that he could mix and match with his fighter to get him at that point, you know. And then he also, you know, at the time there was only two really main platforms to put him on, which was Showtime and HBO, and to get them both. And, and, and where they can have a split profit was pay-per-view. Things have changed. It's not the same anymore, you know? So I, I still, still see Porter and uh, uh, and Crawford happening. Um, Fernando, you got any picks for this weekend, bro, before we let you go? Uh, Dane Jacobs by knockout or fucking Chavez quits. Uh, well, who else is fighting this weekend? You know? That's a, that's a, I think that's a fight, fight on Friday. Uh, Saturday is uh, Charlo against uh, Tony Harrison. I got Harrison by decision again. I think Charlo Ten years. Too, years. too hyped up, man. He's too hyped up. He's too emotional about it, you know. And that's perfect for, Charlo, uh, for Harrison. Well, there you that's go, bro. You're on record, man. You, you're on record, man. You're, you are, are on record. Thank you. You are <laughs> on record. I'm, I'm on record too, but then I usually go for underdogs, and for whatever reason, Harrison is still listed as nah, an underdog. Nah, 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 nah. Charlo's the underdog in this one. Stop playing, baby. And you sure about that? It, I'm not but, sure yeah, about that at all. Vegas, Last time I checked, Charlo <laughs> was, was was the favorite. I ain't checked. Uh, all right, Fernando. Thanks for calling in, bro. We're gonna put Thank you, you back on hold. Thank man. you. All Thank right, man. Thank you. Well, yeah. I, I got to tell you this. I, I think it's time for us to really, honestly, give our take and breakdown here about uh, the rematch between Jermel Charlo and uh, Tony Harris. And I actually really like this fight. Um, you know, Me first too. fight, yeah. I thought. Charlo won. I don't know really what what Juliet Juliet uh, 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 Letterman and uh, Mayer and Robin Taylor. I don't know what they were watching. I thought that Charlo landed the cleaner, harder shots. I thought really clearly. I saw Harrison in that first fight uh, very hesitant, and and even at times he looked a bit worried about Charlo's p- power. You know, yeah. the, the one thing the one thing that I think that if anything can be corrected, and I don't read too much into Charlo's attitude because he's always had like this real chip on his shoulder. Every time I've, I've you know seen him in interviews and even after post interviews, he's won. I mean, he seems like he's just really upset. You know, brother who I called them the the Migos, the group Migos, man. Um, I think well, that Charlo, you know, in my opinion, go ahead. What? No, go ahead. Go ahead, David. I'll give you my take on both guys with, with, really quick and what I think they both need to do to, to get a victory over each other, okay? I think with Charlo, this time around, I think he needs to relax a little bit more because he loses his focus when he starts headhunting. We saw that with their first fight. He really neglected going to Tony Harrison's body. And Lennox Lewis keep mentioning that. Like, where's the body work? How come there's no body work, okay? The other thing, too, is that he was getting caught with Harrison's right hand, Superman's right hand, when he would jab. And he wasn't jabbing down the middle. Every time he doubled his jab, he actually jabbed off to the side. And that really led him to have an open, like, target for his midsection face for Harrison to throw down the pipe, okay? The other thing is that I'd like to see Charlo do some feints. 
you know, and and and, and same with this with this jab to kind of force, you know, uh, uh, Harrison to counterpunch because that's what he did in the first fight. Every time Charlo jabbed, he pulled back and then he threw his right hand and he landed. Well, this time feign it. Make make Harrison commit to that. So that when he throws that right hand, he has the tendency of dropping the right hand. He drags it back to his waist, and that's when you can capitalize on, on Harrison's mistakes there. The body work, man, I can't stress it enough. He needs to apply and be vicious with those body shots. You know, and, and whenever – here's the thing, too, is that in that first fight, did you guys notice that Harrison was very flat-footed? He was never on his toes. It, he wasn't really trying to – um, box, you know, uh, box circles around Charlo. He was really just staying on the pocket, and he was he was kind of just walking backwards in, in, in inches every time Charlo took a step. He took, you're right. He was on that defense. Well, if I was Charlo's team, I would work angles against Harrison if he does it again. Meaning going, put in the work from going left to right, left to right. Make Harrison look for you. Because when you look for you, then that when he starts looking for you, that means his space and his direction starts moving, and that creates openings. These are just old school tactics that a lot of fighters don't like to use, or they don't really like put it up to to the test when it comes to fight night. They kind of kind of fall in love with this power. Charlo to me has become one of those guys that have really have had this Valentine crush with their power. He's got to go back. I thought he won the first fight, very clear, but I think that. Being that the judges had it 15-13, guys, and 16-12 twice, he can't leave it with the judges' hands. He's got to leave it in the ring. No, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was a very, it was a very close fight. I would not have been uh, – I didn't think well, it was I would close not at all. Have had it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had an issue. Well, it, it depends. I mean, yes, power punching can – can be valued, but we all know that there are a lot of judges out there that value volume punching and, and quote unquote, a ring generalship and these other issues. I mean, but the way, look, even if I, I, even if I feel that Charlo should have got the decision and I'm not saying I do his reaction after the fight. I mean, it's like, what we have to call Lionel Hutz, Perry Mason, you know, Matlock. uh, Let's get to the bottom of the case. You know, it's, Ali McBeal, I mean, he he was acting as if, you know, this was some big conspiracy and lawyers needed to be involved and investigated. It got him the rematch. It it got him the rematch, but I got to admit that that I agree with Nacho. um, uh, Sorry, Fernando. And um, I I think that that... uh, I'm going for Harrison in the rematch. I mean, last week I was complaining about the Huggy Bear, Anthony Joshua. This week, I've got to say we we're dealing with the crybaby. He he he's an, he's <laughs> acting as if he's an emotional wreck. You know. I don't know, somebody, man. I didn't somebody, see that. Somebody, somebody call Anthony Joshua and get him his teddy bear. He needs one. Listen, I have to strongly disagree with you. What I saw. Honestly, with their last press conference here at Milcar, was Charlo yeah. smiling every time he saw her. I mean, look, Charlo was making jabs at him about the boot. Where was the boot, dude? Hey, okay, let me let me put let me, let me put it this way, okay? Why don't I just play some of the highlights? Yeah, of the play, play it, please. Okay. Play it. 
December 21st is my date. December 22nd is when I guess they, they made a decision that they could give Tony the Tiger, uh, you know, uh, a victory. You faked the injury. Thank you for being mm -hmm. honest. And he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for what I was getting ready to deliver to him. I'm gonna move forward, and I did. I went on a fight while you and the rest of the other champions supposedly at the weight get to see me put on a performance, right? You said I lost the first two rounds. You must be crazy out your mind. I don't know what fight you judge. You say, oh, I could pick an injury. I could pick an injury. Then all of a sudden, weeks go by, you postpone the fight. Yeah, I faked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You faked it. Keep it right. We understand what it is. You wanted to see what, what I'm really about. And I showed you before what I was really about when I knocked all the rest of the out that I had fought. So now you get your chance. I'm better Jamil now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was fighting a whole bunch of shit, personal shit going on in my life. When I got the chance to fight you, no excuse. <laughs> Why you bring it up? What excuse you had? What, what excuse you have for your ankle? What excuse you have for not being there for June 23rd when I could have been having my title back and I could have been fighting the end of the year to win all of the belts? I'm going to risk mine. And I'm talking life. I'm going to go get what I need. And I'm going to have it. And if he know, if he know better, he'll do better. He's going to sit his ass down. And I mean what I say. Lions only forever. Like, y'all got to see the pretending that this boy has. In, like, he's the ultimate pretender. Like, 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 do, like, 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 do a really, like, convince everybody, like, he just solid. I'm just the toughest in the world. Oh, I just do this. Oh, I knock this out. Oh, I shoot this. I kill that. Man, shit. Uh, please, dog. Please. Like, he is probably one of the softest I've ever seen in my life. Like literally, like he get up here and bark, he talk, he make excuses. Oh, you know I won this. Oh, you know I won that. Come on, man. Like I beat your ass the first time. I get paid regardless. I don't give a about who come. I get paid regardless. Fool. If, if I can fight you in the bathroom, as long as they don't have to go cut me the check, fight me anywhere. I'm gonna beat him anywhere. I don't give a what where it's at. I get paid regardless. I don't care how many. It, we can fight in this room right now. Hey, I'm gonna get paid. What's up? 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 What's Okay, I got you. Okay, you a punk. You a punk. Me gonna talk his shit and, and, and get five, six bodyguards to walk around him and say, look, I'm gonna escort this man because he know he can't with me. I'm gonna walk out by myself and every time I see him and every time I feel disrespect, shut the. Jeez, I haven't heard that much cussing since I told my ex-wife to get out of my house. Anyways, you guys get the gist, man. <laughs> I'll be honest, I've watched that uh, press conference multiple times. Um, I've trolled Kenny multiple times with the, with uh, statements and quotes from that press conference. I, I got to be honest, I, I didn't like the way Charlo handled himself after that loss. And as a result, I'm going for Team Harrison. 
But I don't care how anybody sounded in the press conference. Same Charlo here. Won, Charlo won that first fight. I don't know what the hell the judge was looking at. I watched the judges. Fight. That's what I said, judges. Yeah. I've watched the fight like four times, five times. I, shit, I saw the fight yesterday. Same I've here. Watched this fight. I've watched this fight so damn many times, and every time I come out with the same winner. Uh, I, I same here. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't see. Listen, I think. I think honestly, the the. I think the surprise for I think a lot of folks. I'm not saying you a milk car, but I think a lot of surprise for a lot of folks yeah. felt that Harrison won was one because I think a lot of us didn't think that Harrison was going to take and absorb the power so well against. No. Trump. You know, and he did. He lasted past the nine. That was the one thing that the commentators keep keep re- repeating. You know, we'll see what happens in round nine. Well, this he didn't get past past nine, but the championship round, I didn't see him do anything except survive. That's all no, I saw. I, I, in I, many ways, the in many ways, he was the beneficiary of low expectations. Uh, I think George Bush was the first to coin the term the soft bigotry of low expectations. I think right. the expectations were for, for, for Harrison going into that fight were very low. So if he did a little bit more than what people thought he was going to do, I'm putting myself in the judge's eyes right now, uh, they gave him credit for it. And, you know, look, forget about what happened with the decision. Uh, if Charlo feels he won, He's got the rematch now. He's got an opportunity to prove himself. I've just been very entertained more than anything by Tony Harrison. Well, I mean, I, oh, like, I like, like the way. Like, like, like I said, I don't give a damn about Tony Harrison and his cursing self and his demeanor. I respect him more as the the nice, well-behaved gentleman that he was before the fight. Uh, this whole gangster fake bullshit, keep it keep it on the side, bro. You ain't no gangster. And you keep on saying you beat Charlo's ass. You ain't beat nobody's ass. You you luckily won by a decision. Stop playing. Razor thin, too. Uh, if you talk Very to me about uh, the, 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 the whole Charlo thing, yes, he ate Charlo's power. Yes, but Charlo never connected more than one punch at the same time. It was one punch at a time, back to defend, one punch here, back to defend, a power punch here, back to defend. Charlo did never, not in the entire fight, landed a sequence of more than two punches at a time. What well, this means Charlo is, problems. Well, Look, well, hold on. Hold on. My thought is what this means is did, did, did Harrison really eat Charlo's power like that, or did he really not get hit with Charlo's power like that? But you got to give him credit defensively as well. He's not Jorge Cotto who's just going to stand the there all, and eat shots. The only thing that I give the man credit for is his jab. Besides that, he's not. I think his that. movement was pretty good too. I thought his movement was decent. Ah, he was I tell you what, look, there was things that he did in there that were very exceptional. One was he started with a jab after a combination. He finished with a jab. That's what caused Charlo not to let his hands go, not throw, not connect in a series of punches. That's what Harrison's got to do again. You know, the only time, look, the only time that, that Harrison, in my opinion, was getting caught and he got rocked is. If, like you said, uh, uh, Candy, you watched the fight yesterday. The big notice that I saw that got him in trouble is he keep he kept bending at the knees, trying to I don't for whatever reason try to get underneath the jab of Charlo, which he kept getting caught with an overhand right, which got him in trouble every single time. 
He needs to stop that. He can't do that. But but here's I the agree. thing too, that when he did when he did stick the jab, he stopped Charlo in his tracks. He didn't allow Charlo to 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 his hands go. But I think that what he's got to do is mix it up this time around. I think that not only jab to the head, but take some of the steam off off the excitement, the energy that Charlo likes to bring in. And the way you do that Back is forward. jab to the stomach. Jab to that stomach. Yeah. Get get to that midsection. If Charlo yeah, chooses to go, yeah. If Charlo chooses to come straight forward like he did in the first fight, he's an easy target every time to jab to the stomach. Andre Ward did a fantastic job to to really numify the power of Kovala. Harrison could do the same thing. He's got a three and a half inch advantage. He's, you know, he's a, he's a taller guy by inch, right? Inch or two. You know, use all that that you have. That's in front of you. There's not a whole lot, in my opinion, that he's doing all the Charlo. I think Charlo can be, he beats himself if he doesn't make these minor adjust, adjustments that he didn't do in that first fight. Because to me, in the first fight, he was looking to to KO a guy. Like I said, he he has a crush on his on his power. This time around, he's got to go in with a more definite plan than he had against Harrison in the first time. Well, he uh, thought he thought he was going to go in there and just steamroll Harrison the way Jared Hurd did. And right. when he was unable to do that, he didn't really have a plan B or a plan C. Well, he didn't ever really caught him with one flush shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because Harrison wasn't there to be hit. He was doing a lot of moving in that fight. And it was that's that's partial fault to Charlo himself because he was nowhere near as aggressive as, as he should have been. He was aggressive with his body but not with the amount of punches that he thrown. He should have switched it up a whole lot more. But has he out. ever really been a, a volume puncher against high-level competition? I don't really think no. he has been. No, no, no definitely not. But no. Definitely not, and neither has his brother. But you know what? I think that his brother is somewhat switching his style to optimize against that, meaning uh, defend a lot, get it, get in the pockets, and swing, swing when you're able to land a punch. He needs to slightly get a little bit wiser, get his cardio game up, he needs to get his arrow spent sharp Sean Porter Porter game up and start getting that cardio all the way up and be able to throw punches and bunches because that that's what's going to elevate his career to the left level. Obviously, he doesn't have the power like his brother does. Uh, obviously, his brother is more leveled level headed when in the ring and less emotional, so he's able to make better execute better decisions while he's in the ring. More punch variety too from his Agreed. brother. Agreed. His brother is, throws good uppercuts, great hooks. He's got his good jab. And like David said, I'm someone who agrees with David as well. I think one of the most effective box, boxing punches is the is the straight jab to the body, right to that upper part of the stomach. Anyone who's right. been hit with that shot knows, knows how effective it is. It, it re, just resets you. It freezes you. It, just, it freezes just you up. It makes you head. reset. Yep. Makes you reset. It also it, it also makes you kind of like uh, it pauses you to a point where you not only reset with your feet, but you reset in, in, in your mind, like, oh, what am I doing? It's very effective, very effective. You know, I, I, what I, you know I'll tell you what I like about Tony Harrison is that he sticks the tap like fencing. And with Charlo, it worked a, a great amount. And I, and I think that's what the, judge, the judges kind of fell in love with, was the jab really did control the majority of the fight Whereas, yeah, whereas that's, that's why they gave him the decision. It was just that's the jab. Get, right. Yeah, they, they, that's right. They gave him that decision because of that jab. You know, whereas Charlo controlled 
the excitement of it, you know, the 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 the, the oohs and the ahs. He controlled that. I still think I can take that. I, I, the reason I'm picking Charlo for this one here, and I think I I think I'm gonna go with the with the KO. I think he stops Harrison. If Harrison doesn't go back with that same game plan, but kind of fine tune it, I don't know if he could do that a year off, and and just the, even the way he was talking. There's mo- emotions. I think that honestly, I don't know about you, guys, but I honestly think Charlo got underneath Tony's skin a bit. I did, and I think what happened, and I disagree with Kenny about uh, Harrison's demeanor in terms of him being, you know, playing the fake gangster or whatever the case may be. I think, if anything, he's more criticizing Charlo for playing that role. What really infuriated Harrison, yeah, yeah, what really infuriated Harrison was this idea that after the fight, Charlo uh, said that Harrison told him that Charlo had won the fight, and that just infuriated Harrison. My, my main question going into the rematch here is for a boxer mover, someone who needs to be mobile defensively, someone who needs to be mobile in terms of throwing that jab at angles and putting variety on that jab, he's coming off of an ankle injury. Has that ankle fully healed, right? Mm-hmm. Will he right. Be able to use his, his legs the way that he did in the first fight? He didn't move so much in the first fight. I was going to say that. He, he really did it. He, did, he, was, he was not so mobile in the first. I, I've told you, I w- I've watched this fight at least five yeah. times. He, he was wasn't. not so mobile in the first. The, the jab was saving his life. And right. I tell you, in this fight coming forward, fighters learn from their experience. I'm speaking more of what you guys were referring to. I'm speaking more about what you guys were referring to in terms of once he went into that survival mode. That is his, he he was moving to survive in the fight. I think there were a few times where Charlo did hurt him in the fight. Well, he hurt him, but he never moved. I mean, you know, the good part yeah. for him was Charlo never decided to go to the body to make the hands the, the guard drop. That's where he showed yeah. up at. He could have knocked out. He could have knocked out Harrison, but you know, unfortunately for Charlo, he's still a young lion trying to figure out his fangs and his and his teeth. He should have painted the you know the whole canvas. Go to the body. Go back to the head. It's that's boxing one on one. If you hurt the guy to the head and you can't touch him again anymore, you have to work the body to make the guy drop his drop his arms. Charlo never did that. That's why, in my opinion, Harrison never moved and then didn't have to really worry about moving because he had no reason to move. He knew exactly what was coming at him. It was on repeat. He was living groundhog day round from round. Charlo was going to try to hit me in the head. Charles looking for my head. Charles looking for my head. Never went to the body. And, no, he in, in this fight, things are going to change dramatically. Um, <clears throat> like, like I was trying to say before, fighters learn from their experiences. Fighters learn from their previous fights. Uh, you see, this isn't like Teofimo Lopez fighting somebody like Nakatani with a long reach and then fighting somebody like Comey with the same exact reach as Nakatani from a different height. No, this is Charlo fighting the same exact guy again the second time. What that means is that everything that he got away with in the first fight is going to be in full effect, plus some additional, some, some, excuse me, some additional arsenal. Meaning he he probably is going to have those body punches working against Harrison. He probably is going to make uh, uh, Harrison drop those hands. And I see him coming instead of just with the overhand power right or or the overhand power left. 
I see him coming forward I tell you with what a lot more jabs followed by the overhand power right as opposed to a single power hand right or a single jab. I see him combining a lot better in this fight. I don't see I, this fight going the full distance. Well, I don't I disagree with. I disagree with, with you guys to a certain extent because I think that a lot of what Harrison was doing in, in the first fight was pivoting the punch, pivoting the jab. Um, right. He wasn't running around the ring, but to say that he no. wasn't moving and punching, I just disagree with you guys almost completely. He was moving to throw that jab and to give it variety. If you watch the, if you watch the fight and watch his pivots, pivoting left, pivoting right, jabbing, pivoting in retreat, pivoting going forward, that, that is likely the kind of movement that caused him his injury in the gym. Um, he did stand his ground and fight, but he was he was moving to punch. He was moving, but more so uh, uh, there was not as much lateral movement in, in his boxing match last time. It was more so moving backwards. Backwards, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah move, absolutely. Move, so, so that's, that's exactly the kind of thing that can hurt an ankle in a fight. Moving backwards or forwards, I don't necessarily see that. Lateral movement, in my thought would more so hurt an ankle. Lateral movement or, or, or a rotating type of lateral movement. It could have been like real It could have been a lot of things, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, let me let me just let me say this, what punch I think ends the fight. I think mm-hmm. what punch that Charlo's gonna throw that will end the end the fight. This is the fight this is the punch. The one punch that I only saw him throw at once in their first fight. And that's the right uppercut. He threw it, he landed it was all, it was flush, and guess yeah. what? He never did it again. I think this time, if they went back and really studied tape of what they had success over on Harrison, that is the punch that he needs to mix it, put in the bag of his arsenal. He doesn't really use that as much, and guess what? He's really good at throwing that uppercut like his brother. He knows how to time it. His biggest yeah. problem again, is his ego in the ring gets in the way, man. He doesn't know emotions, how to separate. Right, his he, he doesn't know head, how to separate. Head-hunting, head hunting, yep. uh, when he gets upset, not th- throwing the variety of shots that you're describing and placing your shots, and throwing the setup shots. You know, when you're the a jab. guy like, like, like Harrison, who's a good defensive fighter, the power shots are the ones you can actually see. The ones that you, you really need to set Harrison up with are the blinding shots or the throwaway punches that you follow with the most meaningful shots. And when he's headhunting and all emotional and chasing the guy around and later on in the fight, like he was when Harrison was, was, was uh, like you were saying, Kenny, trying to survive a little bit, you know, he, he was swinging for the fences on almost everything. And, and that is not the kind of thing that's going to win his fight. So he's got to fight more, more calmly. Uh, Quickly, though, guys, before we get on to the final uh, few minutes of the show, I wanted to get your thoughts on Daniel Dubois because he's fighting Saturday as well, and I'm definitely going to be tuning into that fight. I believe it's Saturday that he's fighting. Let me... The Beast. Yeah, it's Saturday at the Copper Box Arena. He's fighting uh, Kiyotaro Fujimoto. The Beast. And I haven't seen too many top-level heavyweights come out of Japan, so I'm assuming this guy gets gets flattened. I don't know about you guys. Triple D. Triple D. Ain't no more Triple D. Ain't no more Triple G. It's Triple D, boy. (laughs) In the beginning, Uh, Kenny was very highly suspect. uh, uh, He didn't didn't like uh, Dubois very much. You want to share with David what you used to call him? 
Oh. <laughs> Back when I used to boost him so much? I used to call him, uh, uh, instead of, uh, I forgot what his Daniel middle Dubois. name is. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what his middle name is. But, you know, they call him Triple D. I used to Dynamite. call him, yeah, I used to call him Daniel Dubious Dubois. Well, I think <laughs> I think it's safe to say that he's no longer dubious. Nah, nah. The 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 the, the kid is has grown up a bit. He's shown that he's got a solid chin. We've already known that he has a solid punch. You know, uh, yeah. he's growing. He's growing up a lot. He's definitely not, you know, uh, challenger status yet. But uh, it, you know, coached right and trained right in in the coming years, he could definitely definitely be up there as one of the top five ranked heavyweights. Uh, I could see him uh, uh, jumping over a dude like Dillian White. I could see him jo- j- uh, jumping over a bunch of dudes like your favorite dude, Joe Joyce. It's like, not my favorite dude. That, Don't put your, words that, in my like, mouth, bro. I don't like Joe Joyce very much as a fighter. He's a nice guy and everything. I get it. But honestly, I think I think he gets flattened by Dubois. I think so, too. He's too slow. He gets hit too easily, man. Too slow. He is too slow, man. He doesn't have enough power. He doesn't have enough power either. How can you be a volume puncher that's as slow as that? You know what I mean? Oh, my God, It's like the worst combination. Watching him fight is almost like you're wondering if if your stream is really working. It's like, why is it running so slow? (laughs) My stream is really running really slow here. Hey, really really quick, because we only have a few more minutes here. Um, I think everybody's yeah. sleeping on the Rigendahl fight with uh, Solis is, uh, that's coming up on the undercard. Ooh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one too. Yeah, that is a good, good. It's gonna be it's gonna be fireworks, man. It's I, I mean Rigendahl, if he is his last leg because his last performance, everybody was applauding him how he didn't really move and he was getting hit a lot. Uh, that kid, that kid Solis, that's from Venezuela, that's out of now resides in Panama. Um, guys, yeah. he's a volume. Volume play and pressure fighter comes yes. forward, doesn't give you room to breathe. That's that. I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna probably steal the show. If 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 that kid can take Rick Dow's, uh left hand, it's gonna be a really hard hard press win for him. Does does he throw the volume punches and does he move around the ring as much as Lomachenko does and did? Who? Uh, uh, dude fighting Rigandel. He doesn't well, need to. The problem with Lomachenko, let's be honest, okay? Rigandel is a 39 year old. I just had to double check his age because I, I, re- I thought he might almost be 40 and he's a year away from being 40, a little less than a year. But there aren't many guys that are bantamweights that are still fighting at the age of 39. And he was was a guy whose ideal weight is actually 118 pounds. He was fighting at 122 pounds and then went all the way up to, to fight uh, Lomachenko, not at 126, which Lomachenko keeps saying is his right. natural weight class, but at 130, right? So he was fighting a guy literally three weight classes above him. And mm-hmm. yes, it was a very tough loss for him. But I got to be honest, Regan knows one of the most hated fighters I've ever come across in terms of the media and, and a lot of these pundits like Dan Raphael who just won't be fair with him in analyzing his career he's been in actually a lot of exciting fights I was at uh, Radio City Music Hall to see him live against Nonito it was a, a fantastic fight he's knocked out most of his opponents a lot of these guys are top level guys 
And, you know, it reminds me now kind of the switch, although it's taking place a lot later on in his years and age, of Juan Manuel Marquez. Juan Manuel Marquez used to be very, uh, you know, kind of the sweet scientific kind of boxer who a lot of people would criticize. And then later on, as he, he, as he got older, he decided to go to war with people, right, and kind of turn people onto his side. Um, let's see. I think it's going to be an exciting fight, just like you do, uh, David. I, I think so. Like I said, Solis doesn't need to show angles, especially with a 39-year-old uh, Guillermo Ringendau, because I think Rigo is really at kind of at the end of his um, – his career. What's going to keep him in the game is that it's not like he was, you know, he ha- he was like, you know, Roy Jones. He 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 really did stick to the one-two, uh, very traditional uh, boxing. He was just really good at it, you know, good defensively. Had a lot of po- which I never understood the hate for him because he finished the job. He knocked out most of his opponents, you know, absolutely, um, sometimes brutally, brutally, right and. Yeah, he wasn't overly exciting, but he was, uh, to me, it was watching a sniper. You know, it wasn't watching Rambo. I was watching a sniper just slowly lock and load and shoot and make it count, you know. And uh, I think Solis is a little small. To me, he's a little oozy. That's where we're going to see. And I think Rigandau would like to continue to be that sniper. But I, I think, you know, if anything, we all know this. Your legs go first before your power. And that's why we're now seeing the tail end of Rigandau's, uh, uh of his career. Good for us, bad for him. Yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 the Julio Ce- Ceja fight was savage. I mean, anyone who wants to see the brutality in the ring, just go rewatch that. Then there was that fight, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Moises Flores fight, which was ruled a no contest. Yes, no contest, really yep. I mean – Come on, man. That was a savage KO that was robbed from his record. I mean, he's yep. brutally, like, knocked out multiple people. Multiple. Um, but, you know, he's been in a couple kind of snooze fest fights, mostly because the guys didn't want to engage with him. I was actually at his fight in New Jersey when he fought Joseph Agbeko, and Joseph Agbeko literally refused to engage with him. But Rigo got booed and blamed for it. Now, let me ask you guys a question because, uh, yeah, you're seeing a whole lot of retirement and pretty much a whole a whole lot of negativity towards Regan Dow. But the guy is a 19-win, one-loss fighter. The only person he has ever lost against is Vasily Lomachenko, and that was two fights ago. He's won both his last fights by knockout. I, I, I so, wouldn't say there's so no negativity. I'm not wait, negative. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. And ask uh, you guys, yeah. should he retire? Why? 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 Oh, we got two minutes, I know. I didn't say he should retire. I, I, what I what I'm saying is you're watching the end of his of his of his movement, the end of what we normally would see, witness, because his legs are getting older. To say for him to retire, I, I mean, look, this age 39, can is he really going to win over any of the any of the fight fans right now of what the media has damaged his name? I don't think so. No, but he has no other way of of, of putting food on the table. He's going to have to continue on. I've always, I've always liked Guillermo uh, uh, Rigendau. If you've listened to me over the years, you know that I've always paraded the guy. I think he's a phenomenal talent, but I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I think we're at the tail end of Rigendau. I agree. He's 39 years old. He's a flat-footed fighter. 
like Kenny said, he lost to, to Lomachenko, but that was at 130. The fight taking place this weekend is at 118. So it just shows you how high up in weight he went to fight to fight yep. uh, Lomachenko. The dude is a savage. Yeah. yeah dude is crazy. a savage, bro. To be doing this at the age of 39, well, I can only imagine what he would have been like had he come to the United States at 22, at 23, at 24, and fought in his prime. I don't see. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't really see the guy retiring just yet. No, I don't see him either. I see a couple more fights. You know, I mean, possibly he can get another big fight. I think that's what they're hoping and gearing, gearing up for. But, uh, yeah. you know, but I say that the time of watching Guillermo be a sniper, I don't think we're going to ever see that. That's why it's a perfect time for uh, Solis uh, uh, to, to take this opportunity and capitalize on it. Um, he's just going to have to get past the power of Guillermo because Guillermo may have lost his movement, his uh, fluid movement, the beauty of, of poetry is shown around the canvas, but his punching power always leaves an explanation. Every single time out. Anyways, hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in here on Leave the Ring. We'll be back Monday. Hopefully, we'll get the uh, the lives uh, the uh, the YouTube stream um, technical problems done and over with. As always, I'm your host Dave Duenas with my co-host Kenny and Emil Carr. Guys, I'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. Thank